CuntCast podcast is rated not safe for work. Urban Dictionary describes it as internet content generally inappropriate for the typical workplace, i.e. would not be acceptable in the presence of your boss and colleagues. All of these definitions apply. As a result, we will provide you with 15 seconds of pleasant, non-offensive music for you to advance to the next program, acquire headphones, or lock all available doors and windows for a proper sensual cunt cast experience. Please, be safe out there and enjoy the program. sexual subjects. You're listening to a broadcast of the Cuntcast podcast, a conversation with a classily characterized cunt, carefully crafted with cognizant courage to champion conscientious consummation. And I'm your host, Najela Ree, and I'm joined, as always, with my favorite human being, Mr. Aaron Rand Freeman. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm here, I'm present, and um, enjoying... I feel like that's all we can be right now <laughs> i um i find myself it's strange um it's not related to the kind of cast topic overall but i find myself um playing less social games and playing more games by myself because of the pandemic i think cause i my- feel it's very related to the kind of cast because i think a lot of people are playing by themselves now Sure. I get I get so many people asking me to play a thing and I just generally for the most part I just prefer to play games by myself now. It might be because I speak to more people electronically than a little bit by because of my job. But I enjoy the silence of just um having a story unfold in front of me now more than a little bit. And I just it's harder to get me on a social game. And it's uh, I spend a lot more time playing games by myself and enjoying. I it. feel like right now all social interactions are now being kind of reweighted. Mm. So before, like, if you just wanted to shoot the shit on like Google or FaceTime, it was just that. But now it is like the bedrock of our social interactions. Yeah. So I think that's why it's like. You're you're just reclaiming your alone time, which at one point maybe playing a game with other people still felt like alone time, but now it's like heavy lifting socially. You know what it is? It's funny that you mentioned that because it is loaded. I find that people who are people who are uh, I used to, I play games with people who are trying to do a thing, whether they're trying to complete a task or win a few matches or whatever. It's fine, but now I feel like I'm playing games with people who are actively trying to get their um social interaction they're trying to get something personally from it and it's a lot of pressure when you can feel it 
and yeah. uh, as a result, I'm just like, I'm just gonna play Resident Evil Three. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I feel bad because I wanted you to play Streets of Rage with me. Oh, I don't care about that <laughs> because it's it's a little different. Where um, there's no desperation. You would be asking me to the people asking me to play something who normally wouldn't are always very confusing, and it's fine. I guess that we're all trying to develop new situations and take a shot and grow our horizons, but. Um, I would you would ask me to play Streets of Rage with you anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't also I'm just very bad at Streets of Rage and I just need a friend. <laughs> I, I I'm not gonna see the end of this game by myself for many moons. And you can set it to easy and you can change all types nope. of stuff. <laughs> I will not set it to well, easy. Also, I will play on normal. Well also they have um assists so that when you die, you can be like, let me come back with extra powers or extra lives or whatever. So you can beat the game. The game is designed for you to beat it, but it does get as a result. I, if it, you beat the game because you had five lives on every level, at the end you're only gonna have like three hundred points. Absolutely. But you would have beaten the game. And I'll say this. Uh, Streets of Rage, because of that system, is now unusual. Like the game is twelve levels, and it gets harder than the um, the base um, old Streets of Rage games about halfway through, and then it just continues to spike all the way up to the last level. Like it's absolutely insane how hard the it game gets. Exponentially harder. Yes, and it's like it it has like several tiers, so it's like it gets it gets way harder at like level eight. No, at level six of twelve, and then by level eight of twelve, you're just absolutely—it's absolutely insane. And then level twelve is just—it's just ridiculous. So, um, like I—I I was watching uh, Justin Wong do the boss rush right. of Streets of Rage, which usually I don't do because I—I I don't want bosses spoiled for me. But like I saw a preview of um, uh, the the I guess big boss, and I'm like. I, there's no way I could do that by myself. Yeah, you definitely could, but Street, Streets of Rage is very much a game that requires like practice in a way that beat em ups have never required practice. The thing about beat em ups yeah. usually, um, you beat them, you just kind of memorize one or two things, and you can kind of just wail away to the end. But Streets of Rage Four requires legitimate practice. It's like a fighting game, <laughs> like a legitimate fighting game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not good at them, <laughs> but I enjoy playing them. Mostly because I love the ridiculous storylines. And also, um, I want like half of these characters to be my cool lesbian girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> like the drip on display for these character designs blows me away. Yes, I, Streets of Rage has the best character designs in terms of art I've ever seen. It actually, I'll say this as a cast, including enemies, it has the best character designs I've ever seen in my life. I have never seen such a wide array of bodies and and uh and features I mean, and a skin lot of color. them are just from the or like the actual old games right maybe slightly tweaked or updated but it's like it's just the same guy right which i love but uh i used to always use all my games as like pre-dates like i always thought it was cheaper than going to have coffee with somebody Right. If I wasn't sure I was going to be into them, but if I see how you like game, that was my way of like weeding people out. So I definitely understand that it could be very weighty if it suddenly has more meaning than yeah. I'm just playing a game. It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I remember I had um played, um, I forgot what game I played with someone. 
and they were commenting that I was um, actively splitting the power-ups with them. Like, like what we were playing Streets of Rage, where if you had less health, then I wasn't going to grab a power-up. Like, we didn't have to be on mic to know this. Like, if you had less health, I just wasn't going to be grabbing the health. And it was just kind of a legitimate sliding scale. If who had less health got the health. And um, someone else commented on that, that that was, like, the first time they had ever played with someone who had done that. And she thought I was That's a real gentleman. And, I, and I'm like... <laughs> Um, you just, you know, you had less health. She's explaining that her boyfriend would just kind of vacuum, run forward and vacuum up all the, all the, um, power-ups. I'm just like, well, well, how are you guys supposed to both get to the end of the level if you don't have any health? I feel there's a strategy to that. Cause like when we were playing, there were definitely times where I'm like, I could take that power-up, but I was not taking it. Cause I'm like, I need you to have more life than me. Hey, listen, we can we can all get through it. The Streets of Rage is doable. It really is. It really is doable, and it it's a lot of fun. I want to do it. Like I said, and it, 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 I play more than you, but it's definitely a um. It's it, I want everyone to succeed at the end of the level. Really, even if I'm even if I am play the game bet even i play the game more than you i still want everybody to succeed by the end of the level and apparently that's a rare that's a, a rare thing i don't understand that but it is so i also think it's the games that you choose to play with people that can be a little more taxing because i remember when i used to play borderlands that used to be one of my games that i play with people and um, that used to be a little more grading depending on if I was higher level or lower level. Because if I was the higher level player, then I felt like I was more of a babysitter. Um, yes, okay. absolutely. That's actually and it was also like kind of staticky if it was like one of those predate situations. Cause I, I kind of got a little glimpse of how this person is going to act when I when there's like a power imbalance in my favor. Right. Yeah. Cause if you can't handle me being a higher level than you, you're definitely not going to be be cool. If I make more money than you Absolutely. or I'm more publicly known than you or something like that, which, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> it's um actually, I'm not going to lie. I think we might've stumbled upon something like audience, like maybe gaming as a gaming as a um, predate is, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is a practice that should stop. I think this is a practice that we could expound upon and something that we should actually promote. Play a game with someone you want to go on a date and with. You'll learn but a lot. then like the downside of it, which I have found is then I might have really bad experiences and then that sours the game. Like I can't play Gears of War. Well, you <laughs> like had a, any of the, well, like, you, you had a whole ass relationship that was, that was centered around. Yeah. <laughs> gears of war so like i just i i haven't picked it up i've i tried i've you told me how good the later installments are i mean i haven't seen it's just so much emotions get trapped in media for me like for some people it's songs or poetry or whatever video games are pretty much the same <laughs> so um like i know i really like Mortal Kombat because I played a whole bunch of strip Mortal Kombat in my day. Strip, excuse <laughs> I have me, what? good memories attached to that. Strip Mortal um, Kombat? 
nobody loses strip mortal combat right uh, i'm gonna say i'm just gonna put that in the notes i'm just gonna put that in the notes for future recommendation like you don't have to get into it it seems pretty self-explanatory but yeah. i'm just gonna go ahead and write down strip mortal combat as a thing that should be explored yeah. what i like about strip mortal combat is it um destroys any incentive for like jeering somebody for not being great at the game because you don't mind if they're bad because if they're bad you get to see their leader <laughs> and if i'm bad he gets to see my boobies and you can see how that means win-win for every loss uh strip mortal combat ladies and gentlemen that might actually be the title of the of the episode but that's neither here nor there but yes this is also if somebody could hear me explain the lore of mortal Kombat without their eyes glazing over then i know that they might have potential yep i mean mortal Kombat story is real i i'll say this it's it's a source of compatibility whether someone enjoy can not just enjoy the things you like because everyone's not supposed to have the same interest, but there is a moment where you're able to understand why someone else takes joy in it. Mortal Kombat story is ridiculousness over the course of 30 years, and it's gotten more ridiculous and has not flinched. So to hear someone tell it is not a terrible thing. Um, if your eyes glaze over because someone's telling you about Mortal Kombat because you don't know what it is or you don't have interest in it, then that's like an that's a compatibility issue. Whether you can tell someone about something you enjoy and they're just like, oh, I don't get it. It's boring. Like that's like actual that's a legitimate compatibility issue. Yeah, because I mean, I've <laughs> I like Mortal Kombat lore because it's stupid. <laughs> it's a great source of joy for me um it's been stupid since i was a child and i just find its um commitment to its ridiculousness very reassuring in yep. these uncertain times yep and that's exactly i mean that is a value and that's the thing like, i think like i said it's a compatibility issue like if you were to sit across from someone and you'd be like well, what is your guilty pleasure? And they say they don't have one. Then you got to get up from the table because you should have a guilty pleasure. That's a compatibility issue. Like, I like Resident well, Evil. Like, I like Resident Evil's story. All I of them. I try not to have guilty pleasures, but I can proudly like something that I know is trash. Right. Well, there you go. And that's something that, <laughs> and that's something that it's good to talk about. Like, say, if the thing you like that is trash, because we all like things that are trash, but the thing you like that is trash is like racist shit then that's not the same as me liking Mortal Kombat or Resident Evil. What I like is trash in the way professional wrestling is trash. And that is fine. Um, so it's like, there are all these points of compatibility that we kind of gloss over that are actually really important. Like you've stumbled upon several really important points <laughs> in developing any type of relationships yeah. or anything. I also noticed that like Mortal Kombat just being your most base really delivers in the thick thigh saving lives yes. department yeah. for the dudes. They give me the thickums. That's what I like. Mm -hmm. That's my, um, 
it is my favorite is my favorite fighting game also as a um uh, as a as a um person who's always questioned the need for um at least for Mortal Kombat 10 and 11 as a question the need for TDs in my fighting games are the fact that someone can do several backflips and a pair of 8-inch heels i prefer the fact that Mortal Kombat 10 and 11 have done away with that and um took to remove the arbitrary titties from their game except for the i think for i forgot the name of the place where katana and melina and rain are from but they all are naked my favorite thing in mortal kombat Edenia. 10 yeah where why do i know that off the top of my head? say it again a denia okay yeah good to know because i guess i love it like i said i remember i remember when i saw katana and melina i was like why are they still kind of naked and then rain came out dressed like prince and i was like oh they're all naked it's hot i get it he had his midriff. He had his midriff top with his V, the V cut. Like he just pretty much yeah. wrapped the cloth around his dick and went outside. <laughs> no, I was yeah, like, with his mask on. How like, they roll? That's over how there. they dress. It's hot, man. We're all attractive. It's hot. <laughs> so, yes, I, I I see it. I I yeah. Go on, ga- gaming dates. Gaming dates. Yeah, folks. it's good. The only thing is, like, I feel weird sexualizing games to some extent like there's a lot of overwatch porn (laughs) you know what's funny is there's a level of consent that i assume is not given like even if someone even if like i think a character is cute like i think jade's really attractive right but to a certain degree while she She is not the best girl right but to a point if you play through mortal kombat um 11 she's like a ride or die right and as a result i don't know if she would sleep with me so it's like there are certain limits i'm like i appreciate jade like if she was a coworker, i'd be like jade's really attractive she's really good i appreciate her but i can't over i can't sexualize past that point because there's no i have no indication that she would and i know she's a video game character and all that stuff but still mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. yeah i just I mean, I'm not going to put on airs. Like, I was a member of the Y Gallery. I saw some pretty smutty Mortal Kombat <laughs> in my day. Oh, yeah. But it never sat well with me. Mm. And uh, I don't know if it was just, like, because I liked the lore and I felt like many of those illustrations were not, like... They weren't canon, which is fine. But like, I feel if you're gonna make non-canon art, it should make sense within the lore. Um, I agree with you. Um, yes, there's a totally unrelated thing that I will get to. Yes, but you're absolutely right about that. It has to have some connection to what's happening. Otherwise, it seems very strange. It's very unnerving. And I think that's also why I can't do most porn. Not just because I'm very offended by people ripping good leggings, but it's it's usually just like I don't like I don't believe how we got to this place with these characters. Mm-hmm. That's actually why I don't watch porn with stories because it's very peculiar. It's very peculiar how the sex happened, how se- how se- how sex uh, comes about. Yeah, amateur porn and the stories that people are loosely trying to sort of tell i was playing madden now she's sucking my dick like that's a believable story with ups and downs emotional value i can connect to it 
Yeah. I see. I it. just need enough to know that like it's nice and like everybody's going to be happy about this. Right. Like, you know. I don't want it to be like ominous. Like, I wouldn't want to see Japanese semen pool and it's like a bunch of crying people. Like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. But it, just give me enough. But if you give me too much and you're not committed to it, then I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, why? Also, mislabeled porn gets to me. Um, like, what do you mean? There's like, I'll, I'll click on something specifically because it does not mention step siblings, and then I'm being hit with some step siblings. I'm clicking off that. Not interested. Don't like it. Um, about that is my my issue with that is that there's not enough. Like I don't trust it. Because I'm certain there is real step-sibling porn. Shout out to them. I'm certain there's real incest porn. Shout out to those people. But they call everything. Like, people will steal other people's videos and be like, ha, ah, I'm fucking my stepbrother. And I'm like, you can't apply incest, like, like, like seasoning, or like barbecue-flavored seasoning on everything. And then expect it to hit. Like, just taking regular porn and being like, ha, ah, it's my cousin. I'm just like... I understand the intrinsic value of incest porn, but incest porn flavored powder on my potato chips does not make it incest porn. I think you guys run the risk of overdoing it. A smidge. I feel like that seal has been broken quite a while ago. Yeah, and I I have seen real I incest. I notice it's like um, randomly saying it's incest porn, but then also being kind of mean to somebody in the scene like dumb slut stepsister chokes on low achieving stepbrother's cock and i'm like why do i need to know like all the negative <laughs> points about this person right <laughs> like that doesn't make me want to masturbate to this that makes me wonder about their parenting because they're in the same household apparently <laughs> <laughs> now i'm asking all kinds of questions i don't want to too much mm-hmm uh, and you would think that like it would have gotten better, but like in these uncertain times, I, I find people are just re-uploading whatever under whatever. Mm-hmm. Especially because uh, what I use Pornhub for, um, which I should not do, I'm a bad person for doing it, watching Broadway musicals. So Wait. if... I put in Dear Evan Hansen, like, I want to see people sing their asses off. I do not want to see a butthole. And Pornhub has musicals? Yeah. Do people... (laughs) I guess because, like, YouTube takes it down so fast. Like, it used to be you could find a lot of Broadway shows, either entire shows or performances. Like, you can't find performances from Wicked. You can't find... um, pretty much anything that's off Broadway, but touring you can't find. But I guess Pornhub doesn't give a shit. I mean, if they're like hosting videos where people are like, oh no, I was underage and trafficked and I would like you to remove this video and it takes them years to remove it, they're not going to give a shit about Hamilton. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's kind of like mega upload. I see. I know I'm, I'm dating myself, but. No, listen, mega upload is where we got our shit. Don't date yourself. It's fine. Everyone should understand the history of goddamn mega upload. I was very surprised. I was talking to somebody who I think was like in their 20s and didn't know what mega upload was. Yeah, it's uh, there's no reason for you to know what your mega upload is if you're in your 20s. It's old. It's old, old. It's over a decade old. I remember that was like how you got things. Oh, no, I remember. But I realized we're... Things are older than we think. Like 2014 was six years ago. 2020 was 2000 was 20 years ago. Like it, like it's one of those things you don't read. Oh, that like blows my freaking mind. Yeah, the, yeah, the gap between 2013 and 2020 is massive, but it seems really compact. So you have to think of it that way. It's like Mega Upload was before. And Mega Upload was out of style in 2014. Six years ago, it was eight years out of style. So the, 15 years ago. We were yeah. we were rocking mega upload fifteen years ago. It made me think of how huge the story was with the the owner of Mega Upload and getting raided and all that stuff. And he had like an island. Right <laughs> now it's like who what? Right, right. And that story is that story is real. Let me look at this. Let's see. Owner of Mega Upload raided because I remember that story and that story. Yeah, was... I remember that it was one of the stories we covered on. Like we nerd hard, like one of the first episodes. Right. So yeah, that was that was a while ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things where you have to kind of note the time. Two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. They took down mega uh, mega upload. Two thousand twelve. Uh. Right. It's almost ten years ago. Oh. And we were using Mega Upload like champs well before that. And we stopped <laughs> using Mega Upload around the time they put the crackdown. They put the crackdown on us. So like three or four years before they stormed the island, we were using Mega Upload. So the 10, 12 years ago, we were using Mega Upload to get all of our good stuff. Yeah, that's how I got all my mislabeled Panic at the Disco music. <laughs> <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Uh, speaking of these uncertain times, I found a very interesting article about yet another evolution of ghosting. Where is it? All right. So, uh, Mel Magazine is kind of like this poshy kind of down under, not down under, what do they call it? Underground? No. Insider? It's what those, like, um, clashy British people, like, what they read for their garbage. Tabloids? Yes. Okay. It's a little tabloidy. It's uh, a little gossipy. But they had a very interesting article, which caught my eye. Ghosting. Even crueler when you can be dead. Excuse me? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So it used to be a sick joke that the person who hit you and quit you did so because they left our mortal plane. But during a global pandemic, it's not so funny or unrealistic. What? And it got me thinking, 
A, there are some people that are so self-involved that they actually do prefer to think that people stop talking to them because they've died yes. of a plague. Yes. And B, I realize that, oh my God, people that I've had sex with and no longer talk to might be dead because of a plague. Yes. It's a lot. <laughs> And I'm wondering, I was getting annoyed because people were like reaching out to me like ex-flings and things like that. I thought it was because they're trying to get like plague booty, but maybe it's just to make sure that I'm not dead because they also would feel weird if I was dead. I mean, it's it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. It's funny, it's so murky that I am refusing to, that I'm not even giving it much, I'm like, I'm not talking to certain people that I would like to talk to because I don't want to be, I don't want to cause them any discomfort, irritation, or anxiety by just suddenly appearing, even if I just want to make sure they're okay because I know everything's so loaded now. Because you can't, you don't know who's talking to you for what, especially you, your lady. Uh, so I mean, I, I admit that my, one of my exes I did reach out to, and I was like, look, I'm, I don't even know what your deal is. I just want to make sure that you're still in the world. <laughs> Right. Because it would be sad if you're just not in the world. Like, you don't have to interact with me. We don't have to talk to and everything. But I just want to know you're somewhere out there. And he said, yes, I'm fine. I'm not dead. I was like, noise. And then right. I just never said anything else because, you know, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> and that's all I needed. Um but apparently there are people who um, they're actually saying because of the pandemic, they are less inclined to ghost. Um, ghosting meaning what? I realize we were talking about it before the show that ghosting has now taken to mean the act of anyone who's no longer speaking to anyone else. And now we don't we don't have a working definition of ghosting because people throw it out there as like if I if I if I bump into you if I have a conversation with you at a bus stop, and you take my email, and then you I email you and you don't respond I've you've ghosted me, and you really haven't. And unfortunately, I do feel like that's the new definition of ghosting. Ghosting is pretty much cutting off communication um, for any reason right. now. <laughs> Which is why I, I say I'm not super against ghosting because I think a lot of ghosting isn't purposeful. It's just people forgot. Um, you you, you um, lose track of more people than otherwise, if that makes yeah. sense. You, you just do. Like you, you meet a lot of people. You latch on to only a handful of them, realistically. Yes. So if I, you're... I just, it, just human nature, especially because like I can look at my phone right now and I probably have like nine dating apps that I used to be on. Mm. Like you meet a lot of people, especially I was in a large metropolitan area with a lot of young people my age. I was very active on dates. Like there's no way you keep up with that many people. Right. Like, you literally would have to have a gimmick for me to remember you so I could put your name in my phone. And since we talk to people on messaging apps, we're not even putting people's name in our phone anymore. Like, you could 
go on several dates and fuck somebody without ever committing their phone number to memory or their last name. And it's very easy to do that on Tinder or Hinge or something like that. Right. So I think that there's a level of connection. Like we need to reevaluate what ghosting is. Um, we're using ghosting to um, uh, to to like it's like a catch-all for the disappointment of a possible connection that you didn't get a chance to even make, as opposed to a connection yeah. that was broken. And I think there's I, something like I, that should be mourned. Like if you wanted to connect with someone and you didn't, that's worthy of mourning and acknowledging. That's valid. But it isn't yeah. ghosting, and we need to find a different word for it. I don't know if a lot of people have the wherewithal to separate that sense of loss and hurt from ghosting. Because really what ghosting is, is taking that sense of loss and hurt and then saying, you did this to me and this makes you the bad guy in this situation. But I think more people should just say like, it's like a, it's like, it's a you feeling, not a them feeling. As frustrated, it, it is it's frustrating to look at it like right. that. But I feel like, at least for me, that is the healthiest way. Yeah. Because like, if I met somebody, had a good time, maybe hooked up, uh, got an orgasm or two, and then I never hear from them again, it does suck. Right. But I don't. You don't really know what somebody's deal is. I mean, there there are definitely non-hookup ghostings, like people who dating for like half a year and then the person goes. Oh, yeah, no, think, that's that's ghosting. That's if you're legitimately dating for half a year and that person just goes disappears off the earth. Yes, that is that's ghosting. Jesus. Yeah, that's what I feel like we should reserve ghosting for when you have an established relationship. Well, not somebody who stopped talking to you after two or three dates, because that's not like a relationship. Right. Um, but I do think that what, well, that's a bigger discussion about what we value connection to be. So say if you sleep with someone twice, you might not know their last name or be concerned about their well-being too hot because, you know, that's not necessarily the, the source of your emotional connection to someone. You can fuck 45 people and not worry about any of those 45 people. And then all of a sudden the person you play Mortal Kombat with gets sick and you're devastated, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So what is your, uh, what is your, um, uh, uh, parameters for emotional connection? Well, we need to be honest with that about ourselves. And I think even with people we're dating, cause sometimes we, you know, we, we get caught up in there and we are talking to, we are speaking two different languages to such a degree that the disconnect when it happens causes more harm to one or both parties because no one's using the right language for each other. Yeah. And I also think people not even miscommunicate, but just don't know how to communicate. Right. If they've emotionally attached to you or not. Yeah. Especially because like, I mean, I have cried over animals that have died on the internet that I have never met. But we're following on social media and that sense of loss is just as real as if you know it was a puppy I got to pet every day and I think you know our romantic relationships can be like that too where you get very wrapped up in your idea of a romantic relationship and that's really what you're mourning yes not so much the actual relationship itself because it wasn't there 
Right. Like that's the thing. Especially if, if we're not communicating to our partner that we consider them a partner. Yes. That happens that is a thing that happens a lot is where someone has assumed a relationship status because of something else and they haven't had that discussion. If someone fucks you, they might not still consider you anything even close to a relationship person. You might actually spend all day talking to someone and they might consider you a relationship person and all you do is talk. It really is important that you hash this stuff out before we even get to ghost. I think uh, our generation and maybe a couple of years before us, like we have been conditioned to not have that conversation. Yeah. Like it's pretty much a running joke that what are we like? Like you're either weak or stupid or easily used when you're the person asking that question. Right. But it's a valid fucking question. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, I, I think if people asked that question more often, there would be less ghosting. Yes. But I also think that uh, it is so hard to to tell somebody if you don't consider them a relationship person. Right. And I mean, I've had people that I was just like, we're having fun, right? And I found out that, no, (laughs) what I assumed was very wrong and they were very hurt and I felt very bad. But it was, I think, better in the long run that I say, well, I didn't feel that because of X, Y, and Z. So at least that person can then take that in the next relationship and be like, well, if I want to communicate that I feel like this is a long-term relationship, I should probably not do those things. And uh, I, I know for me, I'm very frank sexually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm learning now that some people might interpret that as because I've has that with you? I don't consider you um, long-term relationship material, or um, despite it, I can consider you. But I just feel like uh, it's on a case-by-case basis. <laughs> there have been people who I've hooked up with, like within hours of knowing them, and I'm like, clearly, this is a lifelong friendship, and I want to keep you around forever. And then there's people, you know. That I'm like, ah, I can see myself at this person, but I've never seen them, you know, sexually. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's important. Dudes. Right. And that's the thing. Uh, the, the constant communication is key. Um, asking, talking, and also just communicating what you value as a person. It tends to tip your part- partner off. Like, in knowing you, I've learned about what you value. Because you just speak it. And as long as you're able to speak it honestly with each other, then eventually you learn a lot about your partner either way. And that's kind of the point. is to learn a lot of lists, to be speaking freely enough so that you learn, so that you don't have to have these big jumps where someone assumes that you guys go together when you don't, or that someone's been ghosted when they're not. Or even to understand what like gaps in conversation mean, or what sex means, or all that stuff. So this is a constant communication. That's what we're here. We're, we're promoting constant communication here. Also, uh, I think there are a lot of people who it's way easier to bang than to sit in a room with them in silence. Right. 
and that might be your relationship for you and another person but you got to make sure like someone like that isn't is not relationship material for me oh no that person would go insane (laughs) like i i just realized like sometimes it's very hard when you meet somebody and they're perfectly nice but just certain things just are not going to click and it wouldn't be healthy for you to try to change for them and it wouldn't be healthy for them to try to change for you but and then sometimes people you're they're just so damn good at being screwed by you and you just (laughs) love having sex with them but then you realize that like that's pretty much the capacity of the relationship Mm-hmm. Like I said, that requires honest discussions. We are here to have sex. That is our thing. We are the best. We are at our best as a team. As a as a team, sex partners. We are at our best as the, at that. And even then, that can change. Okay, <laughs> and I know that gets hurtful when you have like a a sex buddy, yeah, and the- then you realize like you don't really enjoy having sex with a sex bunny anymore because then you have to explain to them like i know it's the same dick but you know times change it's one of those things someone you you are never owed an infinite amount of sex from someone if you're in a purely sexual relationship and that changes it's just not it, it is what it is you are not oh you are not infinitely owed sex which is why i say you should always treat having sex like a blessing at any point in time yeah because that person could be like, well, nah, for whatever reason, any reason, they don't owe you a good I one. They don't. I had mid thrust that like, well, this is the last time I'm doing this. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And it, 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 that's all it takes. It's perfectly fine. I've had people decide they're not going to do it. I've decided I'm not going to do it. It just is what it is. Those things change. That's one of the reasons why you don't take it for granted and you enjoy it as it happens. You enjoy it in the moment. Love it. Have a good time because it's... it's, it's Sex is, is more fleeting than we think. Um, yeah, it's also super healthy if you don't like put people in a box. Like you are a person for sex. I think that's horrifically unhealthy. And yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like gender stereotype it, but I feel like cishets dudes do that a little too often. But I feel like society has conditioned them to. Absolutely. Where it's like you are wifey material, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. Right. And this person is punch meat. Yes. Uh, which is something I has I've actually been called. And I was like, wow. <laughs> that is That is um a truly terrible term. That is out of a yeah. lifetime of terrible terms. <laughs> that's in the top five easily. Punch meat? Yeah, punch meat. Oof. That's um, that that hit the scene. That hit the scene real hard. That terrible term hit the scene <laughs> real hard. Like I'm mortified right now. Like I don't, I didn't know that was a thing, and it's really bad. That sounds like something that would have hurt my feelings real bad in 1930, but was still super hurtful in 2000. Yeah, it ages really well <laughs> in terms of a terrible thing to call someone. It really does age really well. Because. Uh, it kind of makes you feel like, um, well, obviously everybody says when you feel demeaned and people aren't respecting your humanity, you feel like a slab of meat. But then it's like 
not only you just a slab of meat, you're just like the meat for punching, which seems to be a very disposable cut of meat. Right. Like it's like it's like it's like first of all because it's a it's disregarding the actual act of fucking. Like it's just reducing it down to like its mechanical core, which is like you're here for the thrusting action, the mechanical thrusting action that will result in my orgasm and only that. Yeah, you're you're here to just receive the the thrust, <laughs> not participate. <laughs> you could be you, you could be a meatloaf, you could be a mattress, whatever. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. You just you could be a watermelon with a hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a. Uh... Yeah, that's the worst one. I'm sorry, that is the worst one. Yeah, so I think when people put people in boxes like that, then it is, yeah, you. I feel like then it's ghosting. <laughs> if if you you have sex with somebody and you just see like, well, they're for sex, not you don't explain your feelings, you don't communicate with the person, right. you just put in less effort. Right. I feel like that that's a faux faux pas there. Right, it's a major issue. Yeah, you put that in the ghosting category. Yeah, that's a uh, demeaning and dehumanizing. Even I just lean dehumanizing. Um, not allowing a human being to be more of a human being because of a choice that they made, a singular choice that they made, and something that's a very basic one. If the sex is if sex is a common need and a common thing that comes up, then it would be the same thing as judging someone over wanting a sandwich, and it's really really absurd that that is the thing. So yes, dehumanizing might actually work. Um, instead of ghosting but like i said it's still evolving we're still working on it so well i feel like as we keep on dumping more things in the category of ghosting is just losing its meaning right. basically this person who made me feel bad when right. we stopped dating everything is suddenly ghosting yes it's um uh, i would say let's say for the purpose of this program going forward uh ghosting is when you sever a connection without any discussion or warning then you sever an established established connection connection, like an actual like you like me i like you we are going to try and grow together as friends or lovers or in between or whatever and you have just suddenly severed this connection without any um without any explanation any discussion that would be probably the that would be how does that sound as a working cunt cast definition of ghosting? I like that because like I'm reading this article and like a lot of this I would not consider ghosting. Like what? Okay. Uh so so one person they use an example, they use the name Lee. Um she didn't want anything to happen to a guy she really liked. Um and since the guy she really liked, she didn't hear from him. She said, I thought like, what if his mom is in the hospital? Or uh, he thought he replied and never did. And it's a small possibility. And that's what makes her feel better. But like, if somebody just isn't responding, is that really ghosting? Right. If you're just or, concerned about someone and you're checking up on them and they're not responding, there's any number of reasons why they haven't. Yeah. And um, here's another person. They use the name Brett. And uh, 
he says being ghosted indoors is better than being stood up outdoors, which is a real embarrassment and knock to the ego. A week before Cardiff went into lockdown, I began flirting with my hot neighbor over the fence. But when uh, we went out for drinks, she insisted on paying for her half the bill. Uh, I texted her that I had fun and hoped she did too, but then nothing. I didn't follow up after that. Being ghosted is never good. I'm sorry, Brett. You, you weren't ghosted. You weren't ghosted, bro. Uh, that person just didn't have that good a time. It seems like she said bye, paid for her drinks, and then... You know what's funny is um that's the it's funny that's the primary reason why you don't why I, you don't flirt with coworkers and neighbors is be, is not that um is only because you have you have to then make a choice of whether you want to make it weird if it doesn't work out if that makes sense where now Brett has to essentially when you go out with someone and they don't like you that much you can still wave to your neighbor you know what I mean you don't have to like stonewall her or anything but it's just a matter of how you. It's a matter of um, whether you're able to deal with that. And like, it's not, it's barely even rejection because yeah. you didn't get anything. You didn't get a chance to do anything. You literally yeah. tested the waters. Another and she was like, knock no. to the people in this app, um, article, the Lee girl, uh, they said that her date eventually turned back up a couple of weeks later and told her he wasn't ready for a relationship. After a date? He friend zoned me, she said. And I'm like, that's not ghosting if he, he literally contacted you again. Yeah, he actually hit you up and told you and told you what he needed to tell you. That's not that's actually the best case scenario. You heard from him. He, there is now a resolution that you can look to on via text. Like I imagine text via text. Yeah, like, that's that not you, a ghosting. Yeah, that's like, a, that, he just needed some time. He processed and then he communicated with you. Right. I don't. That's 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 not only not ghosting. But that is probably the best case scenario. Can we kill the it's two, 2020 people? We're not friend zoning people. There's no such there's a friend zone. It's like, no, you just you, he didn't want any explained it to you. It wasn't it, the, is the friend zone is all a myth. We'll just go ahead and say that. Can we, is it OK to say it's a myth? Yes. Because it's just people just have the autonomy to um, decide to do what they do to people, set up people as they'd like in their life. And that's fine. And it doesn't mean that we need to have this whole friend zone concept which is like invalidate like it's really it really does seem like the complex network of whatever it is that goes on in your head before you decide whether someone's going to be platonic or sexual or in between or whatever it's just like breaking it down to some type it's really does seem like it's hyper minimizing it <laughs> i kind of hate it so and i guess for me i'm like but like being friends is so much better <laughs> right but it's just like either way because you get to have lots of friends the way society is set up, like, I don't know. Friends seems way better. Um, so, in my humble opinion. The way society is set up, a dynamic, a dynamic series of roles where people are probably best. So, like I said, some and that's the thing. It depends on who you know. Like I said, you friends are more valuable to you than sex partners. And some people's sex partners are more valuable to them than friends. Some people won't turn all their sex partners into relationships, and some people want to have sex with all their friends. It, it really is so much going on that we need to talk about and stop trying to sweep all the terms under one rug. That's the moral of the story, guys. The moral of the story. Yeah. 
Also, not everybody's ghosting you. Sometimes people are just going through some things. Especially now. And if somebody literally calls you back, you cannot say that person ghosted you. <laughs> he literally explained himself. <laughs> he explained himself. <laughs> literally. And it was like a couple of weeks later, like, okay, maybe that took a little while, but like global pandemic, bitch. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta be you gotta be super kind to people. Even if you wanna speak to them, even if you wanna hear from them, you gotta be super kind to people. There's a million and one things happening. Everyone is home, but everyone is home with themselves, and that is anywhere from delightful to seven circles of hell, depending yeah. on the person, depending I on their home. Like we should change the social contract where going on one date with somebody doesn't be holding you to a relationship. No. It's just the one date. I think everybody should get the one free. I don't know. I mean, everything else has a trial period. Seriously. I, don't, I'm, I'm, I got you, a free month of Netflix. Right. It's like, all right, yeah. And also, if you really are looking for a relationship, then that should be known. It's, this is all stuff that should be talked about. You know? And it comes, like I said, it should be allowed to come up naturally. So, I think, like, it's a generational thing. Like, Gen X and millennials, like, we're so afraid to say that we want labels on things and then at the same time we're terrified of the labels themselves well um looking at looking at how well cishet dudes kind of hamstrung hamstring everyone around them with the labels that they give them i can totally see why people wouldn't want labels um i would be willing to make a strong argument that the concept of labels has been ruined <laughs> by cishet dudes yeah <laughs> Because, you know, is because we sometimes I get very sensitive about it. Like one of my my I literally used to call him my not boyfriend because mm-hmm. we had not been dating for ten years. Um kinda towards the end when he kinda up and decided, like, well, you know, we should be more serious because we've been dating. And I'm like, have we been dating? Because I don't remember having that conversation with you. And then suddenly, like, I was a bad guy. But I'm like, you literally never wanted to label it. And now suddenly it was something because you decided that. It's not how it works, buddy. Right. Like, I think doing away with labels makes it more complicated, but you have to have the maturity and willingness to label things mm-hmm. sometimes. Okay, I hate to say this, but even labelless a labelless relationship is still a label. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it 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 needs to be established through communication and honest and honest addressing of feelings and different dynamics, how you were raised, how the other. And we do label stuff. it. We start now. There are situationships. You know. Right. We we definitely know how what we're talking about when we talk about it, even if you want to tap dance around it. Right. It's like here's this person that I don't want to tether myself to, but I definitely don't want to be away from. I definitely want to bang them. And I definitely want them banging me. But like maybe he shouldn't bang anybody else, but I will try monogamy this week, but maybe not so much next week. Like <laughs> it seems very stressful. A lot of stress. Right. And it's a lot of um trying to guess the market when you could just be asking the market and the market could tell you things. So, yeah. Just 
don't don't guess the market, folks. Don't do that. I think just like like I said, constant communication would make all of this better. <laughs> yes, it would. I mean, there are levels to that, but like I said, there's a whole show. There are several shows we could talk about this and everything, so I'm not even going to bog yeah. down the end of this but program. But I, I think the new social contract should definitely be, like, one date doesn't mean a relationship. Yes. <laughs> and if somebody doesn't talk to you after that, you know that they just weren't into it. There you go. Now, if somebody has a repeated pattern of hitting you up and then never talking to you, then only hitting you up when they're horny, then you should know that clearly this person, A, doesn't want to communicate what they actually want, B, may not deserve what they want out of you, Mm -hmm. and if you don't want to give to them, you're completely within their right, uh, and see, if you try to have a conversation about, you know, the parameters of your relationship and that person box, you don't stop uh, stop taking those calls. And if you do do that, you are then not ghosting them. You are setting a boundary and keeping it. There you go. There should be like a workbook with like a roadmap to proper like, sports fucking. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, are you communicating with your partners? If not, stop. Stop fucking. Yeah, yeah, stop fucking. Also, well, you get more of what you like in communicating what you like and not trying to game the system. Because what happens is it sounds like they're just hearing cishead dudes talk about it is essentially there's a fear that in honesty they will get less of what they want. But I find that there's an abundance of what you want when it's honest. Trying to trick mm-hmm. everyone creates some. Um, an atmosphere of general distrust that means that everything goes slower um, because the person it has to then feel it literally you. makes people not want to do it anymore like I literally don't have the energy to seek more or new partners just because like I don't feel like it is worth it right. <laughs> I mean obviously now it's not even in the conversation but if there wasn't a global pandemic I wouldn't be seeking partners either just because it's not worth it. Right. It seems too stressful. And um, I, I, I used to say I was uh, recreational with uh, my vagina and it's not fun. So it's no longer for, for sport or fun. So why am I doing it? Right. And that's an honest change. So someone who I might have been casually fucking you for years will no longer be able to. And that's just growth. That That's done and over with. Which happens. Yeah. And uh, I actually was talking to somebody and they're like, so like your whole thing, it was just BS. Like you were just lying to yourself. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. What once satisfied me still satisfied me then. It just doesn't satisfy me now. Yes, you grew and changed as a person over time, you see, based on new experiences and new information. Yeah. That's um that's what happened. You grew and changed as a person 
the weird thing is jamming somebody up for what they did at 24 versus what they did at 34 is always a weird thing that comes up so much in public discourse. I'm like, well, that's, um, mm-mm. guys, <laughs> guys, but, and I, 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 I try not to judge people on what they find out they need. Cause I think as sexual beings, we're always finding new things about ourselves. We're growing as we, you know, have new partners. We discover new things about ourselves. We always have different new facets to our personalities that we're discovering. Right. And, um, you know, new experiences change you. And if you're now finding, for me, it was definitely, uh, dealing with corporate America and I realized like, you know what? I need more emotional support and I'm not finding it in this. So I now don't have as much room to just give, give, give. Right. Because I have 40 hours a week at minimum where I'm giving, giving, giving to a, a wall that just takes, takes, takes. Um, you can't expect somebody to be the same person with that. Yeah. No. I think that I'll, I'll, when people have kids and now it's like, I have all these responsibilities. So now that I have new responsibilities, can I really, uh, I don't have much space to be preoccupied with banging because I have to keep this tiny human from all the things it wants to do to like, lead to its demise yeah. or maiming yes. that's a full-time job it's always really those funny stories i hear from um uh, moms who always have the discussion with guys who knew them before they had kids and the guys are always like weirdly disappointed i'm like they had a kid yeah. shit just might be different it might not be different but Priority it might be different <laughs> it might it might be different <laughs> you you can't call it, but it's always strange when you're surprised that someone changed dynamically with a massive like and like with a massive reason to change. It's not like somebody like played Final Fantasy for a year and they came back and were like, I don't want to fuck. I like Final Fantasy. That's a different thing. You might not have. You might have missed that one. But if someone has a child, that's a very believable, logical, possible change in their approach to sex and sexuality or just you. They might just be tired of your dumbass. It happens. And uh, yeah. But uh, I just, I remember um, there was somebody that I knew even before I went to college, and um, I started talking to him again, maybe like a year ago, just because he's hit me up on Facebook, and I just realized like he had not changed. He was basically the same person from high school, and I couldn't click with him the way I clicked before especially because he was like throwing all this sexual innuendo and I'm like no we don't do that here anymore (laughs) (laughs) we don't we don't need to pepper it I'm well aware you have a cock sir very aware Uh, also not impressed by it so uh, it, it felt like even though he was technically older than me, it felt to me like I was trying to talk to a teenager, which felt ick, and I just couldn't do it. Right. I understand. 
like things I would have excused as a teenager, even maybe a 20 year old, like the whole, I want to spend some time with you, but they don't actually ever make plans to like, that's something I would have tolerated back then. But like, I can't now. Right. Just because it's like, well, now time is very precious because we all have jobs and families and health and all kinds of shit we got to deal with. So like, if you wanted to spend time with me, you would have. And I would have thought that would be too aggressive or mean. But now it's like, I'm old. I don't give a shit. Right. And one thing I am kind of happy, I feel like some of the, uh, uh, the limestone of cishet social contracts where like everybody's expected to do X, Y, and Z to be polite will be eroded after this is over because we're going to have to like rebuild and learn how to communicate with ourselves again. Because mm-hmm. we went from, you know, being able to do this whole hoopla and parade and kind of practice and we will have the date and we'll be here. But now we have like very instant but distant communication. I feel like that is just going to fundamentally change courtship. Right. You know, if you could call it that anymore, especially because it's like you want to court somebody at this point. Now you, you go through their social media and all their tweets. And you, you you get so much more. It would seem you're a, a bit of a racist, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I used to always like, I'm not going to Google somebody before I go on a date with them. And then like I started doing that and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to talk to this person. I'm like <laughs> going through their Facebook or going through their tweets, and I'm just like, oh no, well, I'm not doing that. A lot of issues have become life or death, whether it's because of the current administration or the plague virus or whatever, or some combination of the both or both of them. A lot of issues are legitimate life or death issues that you can't be with someone who takes it lightly. So it's like you no reason to even have the courtship process where someone's going to be like a month later, like, well, you know, I love you, but coronavirus is a government hoax, you know? And I'm just like, you know, so if you if the coronavirus is a hoax to you, let's get that out of the way before I even speak to you again. So yeah. I don't think it's wrong. A I, lot. Remember I was like a year into like talking to somebody before I found out that they didn't believe in the moon landing. Right. But then they couldn't tell me why they would believe there would be a mass government conspiracy to lie about it. Because I'm like, who benefits from that lie? Right. And they were so, like, mad. Or finding out that somebody believes in ancient aliens that, you know, made the brown people build the things. Oh, I thought you, because I believe in aliens, but I don't believe they built the pyramids. That just seems like slaves did it. (laughs) (laughs) Slaves can do a shit ton of stuff because they're slaves, you see. (laughs) Which, uh, I actually had to explain that to somebody on a date, and they got very upset. Because he's like, you don't think, like, the Mayan pyramids and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why don't you think the Mayans built them? Like, well, because, you know, it'd be impossible. I'm like, no, no it wouldn't. It just requires when you have 200 people that have to do whatever the fuck you say, you can get them to move a stone. Yeah. 
pretty easy. Yeah. I feel like we we underestimate the power of slavery. A lot of our magical wonders are built on the backs of slaves. So, yeah. 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 All right. I've been watching a lot of old history channel, which is why no, <laughs> I'm it, newly upset about ancient aliens. Listen, it's probably really fine. how racist that was. Yes. Well, like I said, that's a whole other program. You have work to do. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we have been talking for like an hour. <laughs> and I unfortunately have to continue staring off into the distance. Um, <laughs> imagining what it's like to go places. Remember places? You used to go to like one place and another place. And after that other place, you go to yet another place. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, we've now been replaced with the is this place still open game you can play if you have a car. And you go to a place where you go and you go, oh, that place is still open. Oh, that place is pretty closed. Oh, that place boarded up their windows, but it's not closed. Let me look up. Oh, they're in there, but the store is closed. You can only order from there. Oh, can you go in there? Or you can only go in there on the weekends. Like, I just, you know, is this place still open? It's the, it's a fun game. It's great. It's It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite game now is how much death am i risking by getting this order right like do i want five guys or will i get the rona that's why it's very important that you communicate with your people your partners and everything because we are now operating with that like the looming specter of death when you go to order grubhub and uh, as a result, don't waste nobody's fucking time. We're all out here measuring the specter of death when we order fucking large fries. So don't waste anybody's fucking time. Speak your goddamn mind. Be honest. Yeah. And, Communicate. Uh, maybe cut somebody some slack right. if they're, they're not super up to talking yes. romantically or sexually. They might yeah, be terrified. Like, they might be terrified from their grub home order coming into the house. They are hungry, but they're also terrified. That's a lot. Huh. So, there you go. Yeah. Something to consider. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, may all of your Grubhub orders be double wrapped. Um, and may all of your stores have hand sanitizer. And uh, I'll see you all next Tuesday. Enjoy what you heard? Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash unfridays and follow the network at twitter.com slash unfridays. You know what makes racists really mad? Black people having a good time. And we really have a good time making these podcasts. So, if you donate, then it's technically the same thing as funding the unhappiness of racists everywhere. Awesome, right? You know what to do.